Two Faces Radio. You're listening to the Two Faces Radio Network. Hi, everybody. This is Ira from Two Faces Radio. Just wanted to jump in here before I played the interview, just get some formalities out of the way. This is an interview I did with one of my favorite comedians working today and podcasters working today, a guy named Pete Corielli. Uh, If you're fans of him and you're listening to this now, then you, uh, you know everything about Pete because he lets everybody know everything about his life on his podcast. But just wanted to say that he's going to be at the Atlanta Punchline on New Year's Eve, three shows, six, eight, and ten. So go to punchline.com, get your tickets right now. So I reached out to Pete to see if I can get an interview, which I've been wanting to do with him for a long time, and he uh, he was very cool, and we were able to do it. We had a good, uh, good chat. I've been a fan of him for a long time, going back to the Brewer Unleashed show on Sirius XM. So we talked about that because I had a lot of questions for him and about his career in general, and we just got into, you know, just talking about whatever, and it was good, man. It was fun. And uh, so here it is. Go to PeteCorielli.com, C-O-R-R-E-A-L-E. And if you're not a subscriber already, listen to The Pete and Sebastian Show, the podcast that he does with Sebastian Maniscalco every week. It's hysterical. Also sign up on Pete's email newsletter to receive a show that he does called The Pete. And it's highly entertaining. So check that out, too. Also, I think you can still catch Pete's Showtime special on Showtime if you have it on demand. So check that out and enjoy the interview, and I appreciate your feedback. And if you're an Atlanta listener, hopefully I'll see you New Year's Eve at the Punchline for Pete's shows. See ya. Yo. Yo. What's up, dude? What's up, man? 10 o'clock on the dot. I figured you'd appreciate that. Yes, I do. Yes, I do, man. (laughs) So I just, in your honor, I just microwaved some coffee for myself. Beautiful. Thanks uh, big time for for letting me do this, man. No problem. So what's the deal, Ira? What's this show? What's your podcast called? Well, my my podcast is Two Faces Radio, and this is actually a special thing for me because usually we uh, interview musicians and... um, Lately, it's kind of been a free-for-all. We've just been kind of getting in anybody that I'm interested in talking to. So, and Why do you guys mostly, ha- is it about music specifically? Well, my co-host Brian and I, we are musicians. We were in a rock band for a long time, and I wanted to do a podcast way back. And I said, well, let's just grab from people that we know and right, talk right. about shit that we know because... Yeah, yeah. Well, did you guys ever open for anybody that like maybe went on to, uh, to make it? See, because it's funny... When I when I was early on, I don't know, maybe six, seven years into my career, everyone from guys like Burr to Robert Kelly to Judah Freelander, we'd all bullshit and stuff. Sure. And we talk about how brutal it gets sometimes oh. trying to do what we do. And I go, I can never quit. I go only because of the fact that I can't be 20 years down the line with some day job and put on TV and see one of you motherfuckers at night, (laughs) (laughs) you know, without knowing that I'm still trying. So exactly, man. And, you know, so so with that, you, I I would imagine you must have rubbed elbows with somebody who's gone on to something, right? Like, um, uh, all right, I'll tell you the biggest REM is from Georgia, right? Yeah. They're from Athens. Um, you know, the crows, man. I mean, I know you're a big crows. Yeah. So we've had two crows on the podcast. We haven't had the main ones. We haven't had uh, Chris and Rich. 
But uh, yeah, we had their old bass player who now plays with Skinnerd, and we had uh, the drummer well, on Steve Gorman. Why doesn't the bass player play with the Crows anymore? Well, he, I think it was kind of a drug thing. He was getting burnt out, needed to sober up and stuff. And um, hey, anybody listening, you can listen to that podcast. The guy is <laughs> Johnny Colt, a great. Oh, one. we already started. This is all on the cast. Well, I started recording, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. But so, what? but I could see one thing if the guy quit because he needed to dry out, but he I did. mean, you quit and then you go to Leonard Skinner. I guess Skinner is famously sober now though, right? The band. Yeah. Well, he did a lot. He he was kind of a hired gun for a while. You know who he played with for a while was Train. Really? That yeah. guy, that guy's got, I fucking, I'm sorry, but I like Train. I know they're a little no. poppy, but they, that guy's got some voice, man. Oh, he can sing his ass off. And you know, from what I can see you know just a solid band man you know you don't hear any wacky shit about them you know in the news or online you know they just go out and play their shit and do it right and yeah he yeah. sees his ass off train trained their first album the one with meet virginia well you know meet virginia yeah. the third i think it's the third song on the album it's called uh am i the father that i think i am am i the man i think i want to be shit, you it's, know more it's... than i do about that album i mean i knew the hits with those guys i never really got <laughs> yeah it, you know but the, but the thing is, that song is okay, but there's a line. I bring it up specifically, yeah. I know, because there's a line in that song. It's one of the fucking best lines I ever heard in a song. He yeah. comes back after the chorus, and he goes, I never had a day where money didn't get my way. Oh, yeah, that's fucking I mean, good. who hasn't? I mean, I, I've truly almost never had a day where money didn't get in my fucking way. <laughs> no shit. And wouldn't All it right. be nice? <laughs> you know, It to... would be. To have a day that's not like that? Jeez. I don't know, though, but it would. I feel like it would just fuck up my perception on reality with everything, you know? To have anything I want whenever I want it. Yeah. It, it just, you know, it just it just kind of fucks up the balance of life. Yeah, well, we've seen a little bit of that with your, uh, with your co-host over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's, you know, when it's well-earned, it is what it is, you I know? I know, man. So. And listen, I got to say, I'm proud of both of you guys you know i mean coming from me it's like whatever but um no it's not it never is but thank you i've been following you a real long time and we'll get into that a little bit and you know just to see it's weird listening to a podcast you know with with you guys but you know with you and sebastian and i mean how long has it been it's been what over two years right yes and just hearing like you know listeners like me and fans we know so much about your lives and you know it's like listening to stern you were a big stern listener i'm assuming oh yeah and are you still listening? Uh, not as much, but only, you know, time restraints. You, you just got your own stuff going on. But, yeah. I mean, just growing up, it was he was a way of life, without sure. a doubt. So you probably know the feeling. It's like you know so much about Stern's life, you know, every little friggin' thing. It's a weird thing to do where... I'm kind of like that with you. I know everything about your life. You know, why yeah, it? it's, but it's, it's, it's such a weird dynamic, though, because even though we're doing all the sharing... Me and Sebastian and doing all the talking, it does feel like, you know, it's a mutual admiration society, man. It's much more than just one. You know, a lot of these kind of shows, it's it's clearly like if you listen to a guy like Rush Limbaugh is a perfect example. Yeah. Your, your job is to listen and he does all the talking and you sure. get that feeling. But like with Stern, he had this ability. I mean, he had 18 million fans, but you kind of felt like he was kind of just talking to you, man. Exactly. <laughs> that was fucking crazy. So, well, and he was the first guy who just, you know, was so loose that anything that would happen, anything that comes into his mind, or anything that's going on in the studio, that's what we're talking about. You know? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I mean, I well, get, I don't know the history of radio, but I'm assuming he's the first guy that really did all that. 
you know? Well, yeah, me, I, I would think so too. And, and it's, and I mean, we're obviously no Stern or anything even <laughs> remotely close to it, but with our cast, what I did know I wanted to do when we started to do it was, you know, let's, I mean, we, of course we touch here and there on what's going on day to day, but we don't really do current events because sure. it, it, first of all, it's coming at you from every fucking angle. Uh, in right. life. And then second of all, you know, I don't do my stand up like that. I just do it personal and what's going on in my life. And hopefully sure. people can relate. And and with that, what's been happening now, which has been crazy, is so many people are coming on board. And, and, and like I get texts and emails all the time. I, I'm on number nine or I'm on episode <laughs> 20, you know, whereas, you know, some of these other casts, you go back to their beginning and, they, you know, they're talking to who, whoever the star was for that month. Sure. Sure. So anyway, and the thing with Sebastian, too, is he wasn't a real giver. His stand up isn't like that. He's much more uh, observational, make fun of everybody and everything around them sort of a guy. Yeah. So so when when I started to get him to open up, it was funny because like Jimmy from Boston leaves those messages. And, <laughs> and sometimes he would call me or leave me a message off the uh, not for the show going. We're losing this guy. He's out of his <laughs> fucking mind, you know, and, and he goes, I think we should say something. I'm like, dude. No, you don't. You don't. The minute you say something, Sebastian, is the minute he won't share that anymore, yeah. and then it won't be fun. And 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 who gives a shit if the guy's getting sprayed, having spray tan parties at his house? It's fucking hilarious. Did to you me. ever think you'd be doing a podcast with a guy that bought a Bieber album? Uh, no, but but the thing that's so funny is it is is that you know in a lot of ways we got so much in common, me and Sebastian. Sure. And then in a lot of ways, we don't. And that was so many of my guys that I grew up with. You know, I can't. Sure. Most of the guys I grew up with didn't want to go dancing. Right. <laughs> but they had a lot of Sebastian in them. <laughs> right. So you lead, baby. This is relaxing for me. All right, good. No, I'm, I'm trying to be relaxed, too. But I'm a little nervous. I'll admit it. Big fan of yours. And uh, I don't want to fuck this up. I so. Dude, please. What? Don't be nervous. Nothing to be nervous about. I appreciate yeah. the kind words. And uh, you're doing great, man. Thanks, man. Well, let's... Uh, let me get some formalities out of the way. Let me be a little professional here. You know, if I'm going to put this out, we're going to promote the, the shows here on New Year's Eve in Atlanta. Yes. At the Punchline. So three shows, six, eight, and ten. So that's the new Punchline. Do you know about that whole thing? You know, they closed the old location. Yeah, I know they closed the old one because they sent me a, a message right before they closed trying to get me in one last time. Yeah. Um, and that's partially, too, because they know how much that club means to me. I, I just, I, it's... Fucking landmark, man! I hated it to is. see it go. It was one of those clubs when I got into comedy that you know, you know, the great guys in New York City when they'd leave town and come home before I was headlining. You know, that was one of the clubs, the Atlanta Punchline, that they'd bring up. I was down at the Punch in Atlanta, and you're like, punch. "Oh man, am I ever gonna get there? Am I ever really? gonna get?" Yeah, it was very exciting, and then they've been so good to me, and I was happy to. Uh, to do the New Year's Eve shows. It's been a while since I've done three in a night, man. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, really? Because people you, always go, people always go, so the third show is the one we probably shouldn't go to, right? That's the one you're exhausted. And I go, no, I don't go to, the, I wouldn't go to the first one. That's the one where I barely fucking move. I right. can serve it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to hear other comedians uh, talk about it like that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to hitting a new one and starting a new era. I just loved how the old one was almost, I think it was like the only thing in the building. It was like it's almost freestanding building. And I love those kind of individually owned comedy clubs or those, you know, individually yeah. standing ones. I mean, it's just something when you're walking through a mall to get to the comedy club, it's like, it's, you know, I mean, who the fuck wants to go to a mall? I know. Well, and they, to used, see to, comedy. they used to have a club like that down here. Every time I see uh, DePaulo at the old punchline, his whole 
whole first 10 minutes of the show is just breaking balls about the punchline itself but it, yeah. was, it was hysterical you know I used to say how the whole place could go up like a fucking tinderbox you know yeah funny. comedy 101 right when they say don't don't make fun of where you are or if there's not a lot of people there don't make fun of there not being a lot of people because at least they are there and right. i don't know man i tend to stick to all those things not not because it's comedy 101 just because you know, yeah, the place I'm playing may be a dump, but I'm there. You're here, so let's try and have some fun. Yeah, but, but, Nick but when just, you see, no, yeah. I was gonna say, but when you see guys like Nick break the rules, oh yeah, you're like, we need guys like that, man. We need guys like that. I, Nick's one of my favorite of all time. Me too, man. And the last time I saw him here was at a different club, and uh, oh god, I was gonna get in with to this with you later, but just the heckler situation recently seems to me to be worse have have you had any of that or or, or no no see th th this is i never get heckled and that's not me like saying i'm some great comedian but i just don't ever get heckled and i think a lot of that has to do with the, the same thing like in all my years of doing stand-up uh you know i've never <coughs> excuse me sure. um particularly can't really remember once a woman propositioning me after the show, like really, I'm mean, one time in Vegas, some drunk lady, but for the most part, yeah. I never have women hit on me. Like some comics can just, you know, take a woman into the bathroom <laughs> and, I, and I don't really often get heckled. And I think it's just, it's not about being good or this or that. It's simply about the kind of act you're giving off, man. I, yeah. I, I you know, I've been married. It's pretty clear in my act. So no one sure. bothers and wastes their time hitting on me. I feel. And then with this, with the heckling, Guys like DePaulo or the ones that do get heckled, they, they, they you know, they're instigating it sometimes. Sure. You know oh, with, what I mean? DePaulo, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, or else guys that ask too many questions to the crowd. Like when a guy wants to go into a bit about driving and he goes, uh, I got a sports car. Anyone here get a sports car? And then yeah. people raise their hand and you want to go, guy, you don't give a fuck who's got a sports car. So why are you asking? Sorry, I keep cursing. No, but anyway, so, so I feel like a lot of the heckling is I mean cuz I've had guys open for me that were terrible and even they're not getting heckled it's 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 a lot of times it's the comic giving something off making the crowd feel like they can heckle right i mean that crowd work well the, like the crowd work you do it always seems to flow you know like perfectly you know yeah well i appreciate that i mean i i my crowd work when i do it i i like to do it i like to do it i feel like sure. that's that's a great part of coming to a comedy show but when i do it i have to feel it so i could go a week or two and, and and then go to myself oh shit i haven't really talked to the crowd in two weeks but then i can have a freaking two weeks straight where it seems like i'm doing 10 minutes with them every night right. it just it's a it's a feel thing if i look over and see a guy in a goddamn turtleneck and it's hot in there i i, I can't help but say guy you Here gotta you be go. turning right. up you know yeah whatever it may be and it's never when i heckle you too it's never gonna you're never gonna feel bad when right. i'm done it's, right. That's not the point of it either, man. It's the fun, easy stuff. I, if I make fun of your sweater, you can take your sweater off. I'm not going to call you fat if you're fat, you know? Sure. So. Sure. Yeah, I know that. What are we doing here? Are we doing a James Lipton interview? How's this going? I think Am it's I going all right. No, no, all right. no. It's like, no, I think it's good. Like, I actually have printed out notes. I mean, all right. This is, this is ridiculous. Uh, you know, and I'm looking down at my, uh, I'm listening to you, and then I'm like, well, fuck. We're already 17 minutes in. I'm like, Am I going to be able to get into all this stuff? I want to talk about the old Brewer show. Shit, we didn't even get through the formalities because I was going to bring up the Showtime special and I was going to bring up the podcast, you know, just for everybody to listen. But if they're listening now, they're obviously fans of yours and they they know all that that shit anyway. Right. Um, I was going to bring up the Pete. If you haven't subscribed to the Pete, yeah, I guess just go to your website and yeah. uh, 
And it's supposed to be a weekly show. We're running a little late. It's coming out later today. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying with that thing, man. No, it's great, man. I love it. You, <laughs> you must love doing it. Or is it just like, ah, oh, shit, I got to pull shit together for this thing? I, I No, I do love doing it. But uh, the guy I do it with is, like, pushing me to do it once a week. And then the other problem is um, I, I, know, I know a lot of them are really bad. And I'm trying to get better. And then, like, when I do one, like, I did one recently where I'm in a, a hot tub in Cancun. Yeah. And that one a lot of people seem to like. So then they start to like, all right, that was the best one yet, you know, so they want him to be better. And, I, and a part of me is like, hey, I'm doing this once a week with a fucking camera by myself. Right. So but on the flip side, you know, if you give them shit, they're not going to watch it again. So but I do enjoy doing it. And the good thing is, too, when like Sebastian can't get together in the past, maybe I brood. I'd be like, come on, dude, what the <laughs> fuck? I'm waiting. Let's do it now. I'll be like, all right, I'll do to Pete. And then when he right. can, it's amazing how through two years it's really balanced out with like you know people like god is it like annoying when sebastian can't get together or something and i'm like it's really even like there's times really where i can't and he can and we just really we've been really good about working with each other about that not getting pissed off and stuff right well and it's tough you know i i ran you know the the podcast we had the two faces radio we ran it for years and, and this was before we had kids you know and my, and my co-host has kids too and once the kids came around and we're both working day jobs and everything and it becomes a full-time job you know scheduling i was scheduling with bands and you know all you need to do is, is schedule with one guy but still it's a lot of work you know well that's why we didn't have guests man because yeah. he, heard, he was like should we get guests and i go we can have them but i ain't getting them and he's like i ain't getting them right well so. and and i always said to you well i always said to you i always thought you know, you guys had talked about getting guests, and I thought what was so great about the show was you guys just bullshitting about your week. And, you know, sometimes you get a guest in there, unless it's somebody that, that are exactly like you guys, you know, that's the only time it's going to work. Uh, yeah, well, I, I would be more inclined to get guests if when we're doing it, like we have a moment and it's like, call them up. But, but when I go to do that, I got to hang up with Sebastian, then I got to yeah. set up for a three-way, then we all come back on. It's such a drag that it's not even worth it. Right. And... I'll be honest with you, man. This is the first time I've ever done a Skype interview. And so I'm hoping technically everything's working well, but it seems to be. Well, um, I'm recording it, too. So if there's a oh, problem, cool. I can send it to you. No, I, th I think I think we're looking good. Yeah, we're uh, usually in-studio guys. And whenever I've had artists say, well, can we just do a call in? You know, I'm like, uh, you know, it depends on how, <laughs> yeah. how big of a get those guys are, you know. But uh, Well, it's funny that you say that because you, you were going to ask me about doing the radio show at Sirius Satellite with Jim Brewer. Sure which I had done for about four years every afternoon. And when we first started that, you know, Jim would come into the city every day and we would be face to face. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was great. It was fun. So so then at one point, what would happen was he didn't want to come in anymore. She so was going to do it from home. And I and I remember getting me and DJ Lou, I do the podcast where we were fucking, we were pissed, man. We'd be downstairs like, oh, there's going to be no chemistry and this and that. And then, uh, I don't know if you ever heard me say this, I said in a couple of places, it ended up being the greatest thing because... A lot of times Jim would tell these stories that uh, are great and hilarious. I've just heard them many times. Sure. And Jim's the kind of guy that really feeds off of your right. reaction. He really, you know, some guys don't need it, some do. And he, he's one of those guys that really likes to see your reaction. So it would be exhausting sometimes <laughs> trying to pretend I'm, right. I, I think a story's funny that I've just heard too many times. Yeah. So then when he would do it and we weren't in the same room, it was great because I wouldn't have to look at him, so I wouldn't be exhausted. And like it would even get to the point where, like, I remember one time specifically, Jim's telling us a story. And it's a funny story again, but I've heard it a zillion times. So I'm looking at through Lou through the glass, doing a jerk-off sign, like, <laughs> right. heard this. 
And me and Lou both start laughing so hard. Yeah. And Brewer thinks we're laughing at the story. <laughs> so it just it just fuels him more. Right. I mean, everybody's winning. Everybody's right. winning. Yeah. So so uh it got to the point where if he would ever do come in to do the show, it was weird. It was almost like, you know, dad's home right. or <laughs> some bullshit. Right, keep your composure. That's interesting you'd say that because I was gonna ask you about that exact thing. And I yeah, I just assumed it would be the other way around that you guys were like, Man, this is bullshit. You know, we're not we're not in the studio doing our thing and being all animated, but uh, yeah, that's interesting to hear, man. No, hey, look, Robin and uh, Howard Stern—they can't see each other. They never could. Uh, I know that's weird. Well, and then and then there was that one cast that you guys did, you know, recently. You and Sebastian, where you were looking at each other, or, or you? Yeah. I don't know. You were at his place. Yeah, yeah. And Sebastian well, goes, "I'm gonna." <laughs> he's like, "I'm gonna have to ask you not to look at me." <laughs> Well, I think it started out with uh, he said uh, my veins. He's like, your veins really stick out. I'm like, guy, what the fuck are we even talking about here? I know. So recently I was out in L.A. and I, I was literally two miles away from him. And we did a cast and I did it from the hotel and he yeah, did it right. from his house just because it's easier. We don't even have the equipment. When we're face to face, we end up having to sit like literally on each other's lap and share one mic. So oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that must be weird. I know. I mean, I I wouldn't be able to look at you right now for doing like a video call. It'd just be weird, you know. Yeah, no, I know. I got your picture of your face here and the contact. Even right. that's throwing me off. Yeah, well, that I just kind of put in the other night. I was like, well, I got to put something up there. So, well, you know that guy I work with. I don't know if you if you know about the Pete, the guy who produces it, the guy from England. Yeah, Thad, right? Yeah, yeah, Thad. I've ne I don't know what he looks like. Well, it's might be for the best who knows yeah well we've been working together weird. for a while now and now it's to the point where it's like it's become the elephant in the room like oh man i don't know if i ever do want to see you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> watch he's a chick <laughs> you know? yeah, hey man whatever it takes <laughs> right um oh shit where should we go here now since we we're talking about the brewer show let's let's start with that do you mind talking more about that one yeah, of course, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I uh, well, that's how I found you, so I guess that's a good place for me to go. I got Sirius Satellite, you know, before Stern was even on, and, uh, you know, I used to listen to, what's the state? It's Comedy Unleashed, right? No, Comedy, Raw Dog. Raw Dog, it was Raw, Raw Dog, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was listening to that a lot, but I used to, I used to start listening to the news, like, right around 4 o'clock. Um, that's when you guys were on, right? Yeah, 4 to 6. And then there was one day where, I think I was up on a ladder doing something, and I'd you know, I wasn't changing the radio, so your guys' show came on, and I was like, damn, what is this? <laughs> I was like, this is a fucking great show, you know? And so Thanks. from that day on, I started listening to that show, and it became my go-to show. Even when even when Howard came on, like Howard I could almost miss in the morning and not feel bad about it, but I had to listen to, to you and Brewer every day. Oh, wow, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was a great show, man, and... um God, it's it's so it seems like so. Uh, when was that? Yeah, it was a while ago, man. It was a it was a solid four years, and it's funny because you know I guess like Sirius owns it all, but DJ Lou recorded and saved every episode. Oh man! And and the thing about that show, God, you know the things you want to do when you're old and gray. But I I'd love to go back. I never would would all the time be, sure. because I mean it's just too much time to listen to. But there were times when I felt. Uh, we were f really great. I mean, I, just great, loving great. what we were doing. But there were also huge periods of time where it was really, you know, Jim would get on these things about like the, it just, you know, everything from education to doctors, and I don't know, man. Maybe he was right and I was wrong, and that kind of stuff was also important. But I just, all, I was always just all about. I mean, I just want to laugh, man. Let's just yeah. try and be. Let's just try and be funny. So. 
And when we would, when we were funny, I thought we were really funny. But you know, and then even like we had these two sidekicks that went yeah, to high Shaka. school. Yeah, and Shaka and Larry and yeah, Larry. I couldn't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, okay. And it was like uh, I would make fun of them so much, which, <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, Jim was like paying them well, and they had no, they had, you know, I guess you could say no right being there in comparison to guys that like are in entertainment and stuff. Sure. But he wanted them there, and there was this chemistry. And the thing is, when I would make fun of him, it was, like, so fun, and it kind of worked, or just being able to interrupt sure. them or call them the sprinkles. But they didn't like <laughs> Sprinkles, that, I forgot. But, <laughs> but they didn't like that. And, uh, and really? um, Well, yeah, you know, who would really want to get beat well, down? I, I would know. imagine. You got to have a good sense of humor about shit, I guess. Especially. Well, you know, I just I just sort of go home to my wife sometimes and be like, you know, these guys are getting mad at me. But what they don't understand is, is I'm – I'm giving them a job, man, because if I wasn't making fun of them and when they say something that's not funny and I didn't make fun of it or stop it, it would just fall flat. And eventually Jim would be like, you guys, I don't need you. You're slowing right. things down. So I'm giving you a reason to be here. And yet you're you're, you're mad at me for it. You're right. not on this, you know, and, you know, they never hated my guts, but they would get frustrated with it. And then after a while, it just I got tired of doing it because I got tired of fighting the fight with those guys getting mad at me. Now, th those were. Those were Jim's friends. They were Jim's friends, okay. but but I liked them very much, well, and sure. I still and I still do. And I knew them. I knew them both before we started the show. Right. Not not obviously as well as I got to know them, but yeah. Well, I'll I'll ask you a typical interview question, but I do want to know is I mean, how did that show come together? I mean, what was your relationship with Brewer even before that? Uh, well, I, I've known Jim since the first joke I ever did. And it even, I, I remember like starting out and stand up the long story short, but, uh, yeah. you know, we became friendly at a club and he was like, he was already on Saturday night live. I just got it. And he was like, I, I distinctly remember him going, you know, when you get a little better, um, I I'd like you to open for me at some of the colleges I do. And I was so excited. Oh, and then yeah. like six months later, I did get better and I did open for him and we were and are very, very tight. And, um, so we would do stuff together, like an MTV show I wrote for and, and did a few sketches on. Then we did a sitcom pilot where I got the role as his best friend. Yeah. But that I didn't saw get... some of that on the Pete. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was bad, but I tried. But anyway. No, man, I liked it. I remember sending it. <laughs> I sent it to my co-host, Brian. He's like, fuck, I would watch this. <laughs> like, this would be my favorite show. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I uh, you know, so we would do projects and then be on and off. So we were off for a while, hadn't hadn't done it anything, just, you know, bullshit here and there. Yeah. And he calls up one day and he's like, dude, remember how I always say we should do radio? You want to do this thing on Sirius? We're going to do it. We can do it once a month. They'll give us 300 bucks, he goes, which is nothing. But, you know, we oh. can do it once a month and we talk and blah, blah, blah. I go, OK. So we go in. We're going to do it every Friday, right? So we go in and we're bullshitting Friday afternoon and we meet DJ Lou. And it's pretty funny. I mean, you know. So both, of, his... both of you didn't know Lou before the show. No, man. Okay. I, I still, we still have the tape because I kept going, dude, what's your name? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. And now, and now DJ Lou is like, like arguably my best friend. Right. So, uh, you know, so after that first recording, after the first time we did it, uh, Jim calls up the next day and goes, dude, they want to know if we want to do it. I think it was like twice a month. I think it was going to be once a month. Now they wanted to do it once a week or something yeah. like that. And I said, all right. So then we go in and we did it for two weeks, two weeks. So we only did three episodes. Then he calls up and he's like, dude, they want to know if we want to go Monday through Thursday for yeah. a year, year. And, and, you know, the money was like, whoa, okay. And then after that, halfway through that first year, he's like, they want to do an extended three years and have it be Monday through Friday. So it became like, 
I thought it was my break. I thought it was going to be the thing that was going to be my thing. Well, but, th- but what gets weird about it is, and it's a blessing in disguise because Jim was the one who didn't want him more than me at the end. But I know. you I start to see, that. well, you start to see guys come in promoting stuff that are comedians and they're promoting stuff and they're not as good as you. And you know, they're not as good as you, but they're doing this really cool stuff. Yeah. And you're like, shit, what am I doing sitting here? And at the time with Sirius and even now, it's not a it's not really a place where you can feel comfortable. They don't know what the hell they're ever doing there. I've when, that. when Stern leaves, they they are doomed no matter what they say. And uh and you know, no one ever felt safe with their job there anyway. And Jim's like, dude, I don't want to end up this whole thing folds and then we have no you know, and then we gotta go back to doing stand up, but in a way where we haven't been out there a lot. So right. we you know. So uh, we both were just about to do specials, and uh, and then he said, "But we're going to do it once a week." And I'm like, "I'm not doing it once a week. Fuck yeah. that. I'm either doing it every day or not at all." And I was sick of all of it. With you know, I wanted to do my own show. Yeah, there seemed like there was a lot of tension there towards the end, you know, especially when he would wanted to do once a week. See, I see. It seemed like to me after he started doing the show from home, I feel like there was maybe not tension, but a little like, oh man, you know. Jim doesn't want this as much as I do. I don't know. That's what yeah, it seemed well, like to me. Well, you know, it was it was funny because once he got rid of the sprinkles and he was doing it from home, I thought that was when we were at our best. It was almost it was it was very similar to what I do with Sebastian now, just two guys bullshitting. Sure. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, but yeah, but I never had a I mean, Jim gave me an opportunity. Jim's awesome and was still always tight and what sure. a chance he gave me. I was always pissed, and I brought this up on Mark Marin's podcast. I was pissed with Sirius because I would say to Lou, dude. Let's just do everything we can. And we would do the show when Jim wasn't in town and stuff. And I go, so that they can't not give us a show. And then they right. promised me and Lou a show afterwards, and they never gave it to us. So screw mm. them, man. And now they want us to do our fucking podcast on their, on back on Raw Dogs. Stick it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, oh, wait. They, so wait, they're, they're courting you. Yeah, they want me and Sebastian to put our podcast on Raw Dogs. Oh, fuck. Well, you don't need them. Yeah, I don't know, man. Top 50, <laughs> man. top 50 um shit now now i had a bunch of shit in my head and now it's fucking gone but it's still about the show and now doing the cast now even though it's only once a week i don't know if you can sense the difference from when i do it with jim like jim is hilarious and one of the best ever at radio but i'm i'm more in charge of the cast yeah than i than i was with the radio and and with that i just mean you know sebastian isn't gonna take the time to to put stuff together that i do well and I always lead it, and that's cool, and he's hilarious in his own way and how he comes in and out with his life. But with Jim, sometimes we'd have these great big shows planned, and then Jim comes in, and he's got something on his mind. So yeah. your, your whole thing you wrote isn't getting done, and that's just, you know, because it's not your fucking show, and that's life. Well, I mean, I'll say this. When I listen to that show, I do love Brewer, and, you know, I've seen him live, and he's he's incredible at what he does. But to me, you were that show, and... I mean, I don't know if everybody agrees with that. I don't even know if you agree with that. But I hate to say it, but I was almost there was a lot of days where Jim wasn't on and it was just you and the sprinkles. And <laughs> those were the days I liked the best, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, nothing against Jim, but that right. was no. that was my kind of show. Things seemed to be looser. I liked hearing you more. And it's just maybe it's just personal taste. You know, your your sense of humor and the way you talk is kind of more in line with mine, maybe. But. Yeah, well, I think it's just as simple as this, because like you said, Jim is unbelievable. And, sure. and and when he would tell these stories on the radio, there were times where my jaw would drop. Yeah, well, I mean, when he's on Stern, he's like the best guest ever. 
yeah. Stern. You know, oh, he's got the best it. stories and stuff. Yeah. No, it's just at the end of the day, I think what you sensed and what I feel the difference was with me and Jim is I just love radio way more than he ever did. Yeah. And that's all it came down to. I'm glad to hear you say that too, man, because I love this shit too. And I've just always been a big fan of, of this type of radio. Yeah, I just I just love this type of stuff. And I was going to say about the about your show with Brewer, I almost feel like that was one of the first shows I ever heard because Stern wasn't even on yet. You know, with that wasn't a regular radio show where there was, you know, freaking traffic and, and commercials every two yeah, seconds. Yeah, that's know? true. It was like we, the first free form, let's just do our thing kind of show, you know? We had Stern on our show. Did you? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, that was huge. And then before that one time, we had Stern come in right before he signed with Sirius, but he hadn't started. And they just were giving him a tour. And me and Brewer were on, and we had Daryl Hammond on, and we're all talking, and Stern was inside the studio, like, yeah. on the other side of the glass, watching us. Oh, shit. And wasn't and, saying anything? <clears throat> no, no, he wasn't even on. on he oh, was I just see. checking things out. Yeah. And, and Daryl and Jim were talking, and at one point, I remember interrupting everyone in, in the middle of something and going, and just going, are we going to fucking acknowledge who's <laughs> on the other to. side of glass? Right. I go, this, I go, and Brewer starts cracking up, and he, and he goes, I go, this is like... A beetle. If we were playing guitar and it was a beetle standing on the other. And then the next day when Stern, uh, he had just started actually on the series. So like he was only on for a week. So the next day when he went on, oh, I'm sorry. That's right. He was still on K-Rock, right? Yeah. And he had just done a tour of Sirius. So when he went on K-Rock, he said to Robin, I was walking around Sirius and he says something like, I love it. They, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the king over there, Robin. I'm the king. I was listening on Brewer's show and one of them said that it was like watching a beetle. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's the closest I ever got to being on Stern. Oh, did you, know, you never did Stern, huh? No, no, no. Oh, shit. Well, Shuli's a big fan of the podcast, yeah. but I haven't come out, out and out and just asked him. I actually stopped listening to him, and I have Sirius, you know, I, ha I have it on. Um, if it, if his show was just him interviewing somebody, you know, it, it would say it was an hour show and it was just celebrity interviews, I would listen every day. But I think it's a lot of the, it's all the side bullshit now on that show that I just, and it just doesn't do it for me anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. It's funny, too, because there's certain things on the show and people that do stuff that I don't like. And I'd see them in the hallways and they're all real nice people. And yeah. that's that's always been the hard thing with comedy is like I, I've always made a point when I'm watching someone on stage. If because if, I've seen too many times a guy bombs or is not good. And then that someone who's standing by me will go, good job. And the, and the comic will go, thank thanks. You know, yeah. and it's like it's such bullshit. He didn't do a good job. You didn't think he did a good job. Oh, and you yeah. just. And and you know, and he's gonna. That's gonna make him feel better. And maybe he sure. should. Maybe he shouldn't feel better right now. Maybe he should go fucking write more. But if I'm on, if I'm in the back and I and someone's on and they're doing bad and they come off and I know I'm gonna be in their walkway with oh, yeah. like the pathway, I'll move. I'll move because I don't want to have to lie and tell you you did good if you didn't. I'd rather have you think I didn't even see it. I was gonna ask you one more thing about the Brewer Show. Do you remember? And I don't. So I'm gonna ask you the code phrase from when you had a bad guest on. Do you remember this? Oh, yes. What was it? I don't know, but I, I was doing research for this interview, and I was it popped into my head. I was like, oh, right. They had a, a code phrase for when there was a bad guest, and it was something like like a caller would call up and say, um, are you guys doing the new – you know, how's the new contract going or something like that. Oh, God, I can't remember. It's I funny. Know. I, you know, it's funny because sometimes I don't think about the show for a while and then something will come up and I'll go. And again, I'll go, God damn, I forgot how funny we were. And just yesterday I was watching the debate on TV and Bill Bradley 
was was there, the Senator Bill Bradley. Yeah. And uh, I remember he was actually running for the presidency a few years back when we were doing the radio show. Uh, he, he ran for president like right before that and didn't get nominated. So now he was doing a radio show at Sirius and he would do it in our studio. Yeah. Now, I had uh, a flannel shirt that I would use to I had a toilet paper roll and I would take um, fabric softeners and I'd stick the fabric softeners inside the toilet paper roll. And during commercials, I'd do one hits a pot right. and then I'd blow them through the fabric softener into this flannel shirt to completely mute the smell, you know, <laughs> yeah. used to drive, used to fucking drive real crazy, but I'm like, guy, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, uh, and I, and then I would also wear the shawl cause it would get cold in the studio. So we would leave, I mean, I would leave the, the flannel shirt in the studio. So one day Lou and I get in early yeah. and Bill Bradley's still doing a show and the studio is freezing <laughs> and the guy's in a fucking three piece gorgeous suit. And he's got my flannel over his suit reeking like weed. Oh, shit. And ever since we called it the Bill Bradley shawl. <laughs> <laughs> it was Classic. just, it was just like, oh my God. Yeah. If everything went according to plan at this point in this man's life, he was supposed to be in the White House. Right. And what is he doing? He's in a cold studio with Pete Corielli's hot-smelling hot flannel <laughs> shirt, keeping him warm. That's classic. What a man. fall from grace. Oh, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, I remember when you did Letterman. I guess it was for the first time, you know, when the show was still going on. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being, you know, as a listener, and, you know, everybody was kind of, you know, you were talking about it, and it was, oh, what do I wear? And, what I do, and there was, like, a big buildup to doing the Letterman show. And I just thought that was so cool, man. It was just one of those times where, you know, you're at a point in your career and we're kind of like all with you and proud of you and wanting you to do it well. And it, it, you're kind of hearing the insides of, all right, you know, we're going to do Letterman. What do I do? What do I ask my wife? You know, what do I <laughs> to wear? And uh, how's it going to go? And th that whole succession of, of events, everything leading up to it and then doing the show and all the listeners watched it and then talking about it for the rest of the week. Um, I just love that shit, man. You know, it's just like a behind the scenes, you know, professional yeah, comedian yeah. thing, you know? Well, it's fine. You know, that's what I like about the cast too. It seems like, I mean, of course, Sebastian's popularity is higher than mine, but it just does seem like there's been a really good balance over the course of two years of each of us having some sort of a project, Yeah. you know, that, you know, what's next? What are we trying yeah. next? You know? So yeah, <clears throat> the first time I did Letterman though, man, it was, uh, I've told this story before, but I wore a hot pink shirt. My wife and I went shopping for my outfit. Yeah, well, that's and, I think that's what I remember, you know? Yeah. and Everybody she, was she, breaking your balls about it. Oh, God. She talked me into this hot pink shirt, button shirt, and I didn't want to wear a tie. I was adamant about that. So I wore the shirt with the suit, and the pink collar came out from the shirt over the suit. like right. the, the, So it was over, <laughs> and I had it unbuttoned halfway down. And they go, when you come out to do Letterman, just give him a wave or a nod. Just acknowledge him before you start your jokes. Yeah. I don't know why I come out, Ira. I shoot him the gun. You can see it on YouTube. <laughs> I shoot him an invisible gun. Yeah. Between the pink suit and the goddamn gun with the pink shirt. I mean, Letterman was looking at me like, is this guy going to do jokes or right. sell me an eight ball of cocaine right now? <laughs> what a goomba. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And then it was just so funny because after yeah. you do Letterman, they tell you, oh, you know, he'll let you know within a couple of weeks if he'll ever have your back. Oh, shit. 
and it went really well. Yeah. And then I'm in, I'm in the elevator and it's still in the building. And the guy who booked it came up and he's like, Dave loved it. He already said he's going to have you back. And I'm like, oh, my God, get out of here. And then I'm like, Eddie, because that's the guy's name of books. And I know him yeah. well. I go, what exactly was did Dave say? And he goes, honestly, the first thing he said after your performance was what was with that shirt? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, he's a very funny guy. But what was with that shirt? Oh, oh God. Man. <laughs> so whose idea was that jackie's or yours oh yeah oh it was jackie oh yeah. yeah did you get to break your balls when you got home with that one? Oh yeah that's why what i did now I, I finally figured out my last hour special the one on showtime i'm just in black pants black sweater and that's that's what i'm doing for the rest of my career you you can't say anything when a man's in black that's always all right right so i'll go back and do a, a typical you know interview question again which is let's move on to uh you and Sebastian with the show. You know, I I came in when I started listening to the podcast, which I guess I came in I don't know when exactly, but there was there was already too many for me to kind of go back to the beginning. So I'm sure you've explained in the past how it all came together. But, you know, did you how friendly with Sebastian were you before you started the cast and how how did it come together? Uh, okay, we were pretty friendly. We met in, in Canada online at Customs of all places because we were huh. going to do. We ended up we were doing a gig together, but that's when we first met. And uh, I had moved to LA, but um, so he so I knew I wanted to do a cast. I was like, I got to do one of these casts, and I knew I had DJ Lou, so we were going to do it together. Sure. It was just about a matter of figuring out who and how we wanted to do it. And then ironically, Sebastian called up and asked me if I wanted to do one with him. And I was interested. Oh, just out of the blue like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, we were friends. And he was like, man, he was my only friend in L.A. really that I would hang out with him and Lana. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, let's do a cast, you know. And I was flattered, too, because he's got a ton of L.A. friends. But um, we uh, so he's like, I got a guy. So we did like two episodes with his guy. We tried to. And yeah. the, the guy was terrible. And, and well, I was like a, an engineer. It, it, it was some guy, yeah, like what DJ Lou does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that guy came to Sebastian, so Sebastian came to me. So I was like, all right, I, I mean, I had no intentions of doing it with this guy, but I was like, let it play itself out for a second, then I'll sure. bring up Lou when I have to. <laughs> so then, I, when I when after we did it, and the guy was bad and stuff, I said to Sebastian, you know, we don't even know if this guy's gonna be around. I mean, what's his story? I go, I got a guy. You want to try my guy? And I go, I go, let me just take what we just did and give it to my guy, and then I'll send you something back. Yeah. And and I, it's this thing we've played through the years, but when we talk about guests, Sebastian says, if we're going to have guests on our show, we pick. <laughs> it's this funny thing. I send it to Lou, and Lou makes it like a whole a whole thing with, you know, how he does. He produces it nice. Right. And it was only like three minutes. So Sebastian calls me right back, and he's like, holy shit, that sounds like fucking Stern. <laughs> We're going with your guy. I already sent it to my mother, yeah. my mother-in-law. You know, so then now we had Sebastian, we had me, we had Lou. So we started doing them. And the thing is, uh, even right out of the gate, we, we said, let's do it where we don't have to be together. Because um, we can be together if we, you know, we did a lot of them together early on. But the thing is, we got to prepare for not being able to be together. Sure. Um, and then the thing is, you know, he wouldn't talk a lot at first. So I would talk so much. And then I would actually have to edit shit because I was babbling too much. And that's the thing. See, people don't understand with podcasts. The difference between live radio, you can say something about somebody and live radio. And if they don't hear it, they don't know what happened. That's right. it. Done. Gone. With podcasts, it's people can go back and listen anytime. And, and you, you got to do something good. 
so like some of these guys do podcasts they're so in love with themselves they think everything they say is interesting yeah but with ours i you know i go back and i cut out the fat and when a when a conversation ends we go to a bumper and then we move on to something else we have you for about an hour and i want it to be entertaining for that hour yeah i do the same thing with with our podcast too i yeah it's it's, it's great that you can do some editing and even if it's just to tighten shit up you know yeah, and there's tons of shows where I don't do any, but, you know, when yeah. it needs to be done, I do it. And I was doing a lot at the beginning with Sebastian. And then something clicked, man. The guy just started sharing more and more about his life. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, the best sign I can give, and again, we don't do it every day, so it's not it's different than guys that do radio every day. But when we do get together, and as soon as we call up and he goes, what's going on? I, I laugh, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> this guy's cool. I'm meant to do it, right. you know? Yeah. Every time. It's never like, oh, man, here we go. Yeah. When I when I first discovered that you were, you know, doing a podcast again and you were, you know, back doing it and it was Sebastian. I didn't know anything about Sebastian. You know, never heard his name before or anything, which, you know, kind of sucks because, you know, I'm a fan of his him now too. But I think the first show that I listened to, he was really putting on the dice talk. You know, just he was just really sounding like dice. Yeah. You know? Which I know there's a little bit of that there, but I know that's natural for him and um, I was like, man, wh- who is this guy? You know, I'm like, I love Pete already. And I get maybe he wasn't talking that much. And when he was, he was really putting on the dice. I'm like, is this the guy who's just kind of doing a dice thing? And, you know, yeah. that's, that's who Pete's, you know, working with now. And it took me a few listens where I was like, all right, this this is a good guy. You know, he's funny. And- that's so true. Anyone who is a fan of mine yeah. kind of felt that same way. Like, who's this guy? Right. Um, but then, you know, like I said, man, I said, give it a chance. You know, it's it's uh, first of all, he opened for Dice a lot and he was still finding his way. Like, sure. you know, obviously he's got his own voice now, but he uh you know, from the outside looking in, the guy's standoffish, thinks he's he's the cat's meow. <laughs> and blah 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 but then when you get to know him and he opens up i mean come on man the guy the, when, the guy makes fun of himself and he knows know. he's got money and stuff but he's doing it tongue-in-cheek and it's and and even like my own wife you know she always liked him but she yeah. was like on the radio at the beginning she's like you know same thing he doesn't say anything and when he does you know was he saying but now my wife never listened to my radio show. She listens to the cast <laughs> all the time. He, the guy, if nothing else, you want to know where the hell he's been, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so what? Oh, shit. <laughs> I get ahead of myself and then I fucking, I have good stuff. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I, it's all good. Your segues are where, you, where you're struggling. I know. Well, no, because I have all these things and then I'm ready to go into the next thing and it's fucking gone. So the show, the podcast, we're good with that. I was going to ask you about the uh, the Bill Burr uh, podcast that you did recently, which, you know, Burr, I love Burr to death, and I've seen him at the Punchline, you know, a bunch of times, and, you know, he's incredible too, and he's killing it. But his show I never got into, mostly because what we were just talking about, I'm not really into the uh, the single-person podcast. I like a conversation, you know. I, I like podcasts that have two people talking, you know, at least. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting, you know, because um, I think like when I started doing it with Sebastian, <clears throat> I think I did one, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, because you haven't listened on. I did one show without him because he couldn't do it, yeah. and I'm like, I want to keep it going, and I knew Bird did it like that, so I was like, let me try it, you know, and it's it's really weird. It is, but I I mean, it's weird as as the person doing it. Um, you know, obviously people love Billy's and they love sure. that he does it. And, and if you can get that down like Billy has, wow, what a, that's unbelievable. Like to, to the material, he must just be leaving. I don't know. I even with me and Sebastian though, it's like, I remember seeing Sebastian at a club in LA once and he's doing something from the cast. 
Yeah. And I and I go to him afterwards, and it was something he said on the cast. And I go, uh, I go, you like you said that on the cast, and it was funny, so you brought it to the stage. And he goes, Yeah, <laughs> right. And I go, Why? Well, yeah. And I go, well, what the fuck? Why aren't I doing that? He goes, I don't know. Why aren't you doing that? So ever since, yeah. you know, I, if I something comes up funny on the cast, I'll write it down. Then I'll bring it to the stage. So, so Billy's, it's it's really a form of writing. Yeah. Um, but Brewer recently talked about doing a cast, and he's like, I don't know who I would want to do it or something. And I said to him, you should do it by yourself, man. I know it sounds weird, but you like to do all the talking. And I'm telling you, man, after like two or three times, it won't seem weird to right. you. And it'll get to the point where you'll never want to do it with somebody else. I bet you. I bet you. And even when I did Burrs, you know, he does the majority of the talking because he's used to doing the talking. Um, I was just flattered as hell that, you know, because he doesn't have a lot of people on yeah. and, that, and that he wanted to have me on. Well, and I loved that cast so much just hearing... No, I mean, look, the the flow on that cast was perfect, man. And hearing the back in the back in the day stuff from New York, and you know, you guys all, uh, you know, doing the cellar and hanging out, and everybody's just hearing everything about that scene, and you guys all coming up together was the greatest thing ever, man. Oh, you know? thanks. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we. I, it was. It's funny, man. I mean, because I've known Billy since the first joke. It's so weird when you know these guys, and then like you know. They become big stars. The thing that's the most annoying really about it is when these guys start to become big stars is is just trying to have a general conversation. I used to have them with Brewer all the time. Um, they just get people want to say hi. Oh, yeah. So, so then like when we were in Mexico recently, me and Brewer on some shows and we went to get a cup of coffee and we're walking and everyone kept doing that. And I go, holy shit, dude, I don't miss this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, yeah. You're talking about pulling stuff you know, into your act from the cast. I, I, you know, I witnessed you doing that actually. And I thought it was, it was real interesting. Like you, you do the, the whole bit about the weapons in the house thing. Yes. Which I know originated on the cast, right? Yes. Yeah. I, that's right. That's right. And I did when I, I'm so pissed. I forgot to do it on the special, but uh, I, I do part of it. I, I talk about burying my dog in my backyard. And that was really only the setup. Cause the big punch, which I said on the cast is, how we light a candle every Christmas Eve by the dog's grave, have a few drinks and sing a few carols. And my father heard me say that. And he says, when I die, you're going to come to my grave every Christmas Eve and light a candle. And I go, if you bury behind my garage. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Not to get the and I forgot to do it on the special. And uh. it, it ruined my night after the special. I was so pissed. Really? Uh, well. Yeah. And I've been doing that more and more. Yeah. So yeah. No, we're but... casting later today. We're casting later today. I got a list of... Uh, He's so bad with music. These are too easy, but I'm going to do them to him today. Okay. I'll give you an example of one. Okay. I don't know if you've heard. We did a cast years ago, oh, two years ago where I, I would take famous lyrics and I would ask him to finish the lyric. I oh, mean, right. I'm literally talking oh, and he, about... He wouldn't know shit. Yeah. He wouldn't know shit. So so like like this one, you tell me if you think he's going to get this because I don't think he, he will. I'm right? bad with lyrics too, even though I'm into good music and stuff. I'll, I'll usually fuck them up, but go ahead. Oh, you, you'll get this. Uh, and Let me finish, and then you'll get the three examples at the end, all right? Okay. Uh, uh, I've, got, uh, um, I've got a run to keep from hiding. I've got one more silver dollar, but I'm not going to let them catch me, no. I'm not going to let them catch, okay, which one of these three? I'm not going to let them catch this old typewriter <laughs> or the one who's brighter or the midnight rider dude he won't get that you don't think it well no you don't understand man <laughs> he uh. won't know the song but i think if he took those three selections he's he knows it's not going to be typewriter 
Uh, maybe not typewriter. The one who's right. right. How about this one? Uh, this one. All right, here we go. We're gonna let it all hang out. Cause here we go. We're gonna let it all hang out. L.A. folks, you ain't no joke when you go out. This is off of Fat Bottom yeah, Girls. Of course. Yeah. Or will he say L.A. So say, instead of Fat Bottom Girls, you make the rockin' world go round. I'll say that's one. Another yeah. one is L.A. folks, you ain't no joke when you go out. He'll think it's that. He will. Mm-hmm. And, and number three, so grab your coat. I'll lie to smoke and we'll go out. Uh, well, I think it's it. that. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, that's pathetic by him, man. Uh, I, th- I think that's better than the original lyric. <laughs> I like that better. Uh, so oh, what'd man. you play, Ira? What instrument? Oh, man. This is a whole other thing. Well, first of all, I'm a singer. And and I really, I play in blues bands. Uh-huh. So wait for this one, man. You're going to fucking kill me. I'm a harmonica player. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, dude. No, man, come on. I know. I've seen the act. And every time, so I've I've... I saw you at the punchline. I was with my buddy Brian, and you start doing the uh, you know the breaking the balls about the harmonica player stuff, and he's looking at me like, "Oh man!" I'm like, "Ah, what are you gonna do?" You know? <laughs> Dude, maybe we can get you guys to do a theme song for us. Oh man, I do. Maybe not me, but I do have a guy that does all my stuff for my cast. That is incredible, man. Uh, we um, need a theme song. We need a theme song. Oh, uh, we're on it, man. We are on it. <laughs> seriously, this guy will whip something up. You'll be like, holy shit, seriously? Oh, I was going to tell you, yeah, watching the Showtime special at, at home. Oh, hilarious story. And I think I told you this in the in the email. I don't have Showtime, so this was before Thanksgiving. I I texted my mother and I said, um, you know, she has Showtime. So I knew we were going to be up for Thanksgiving for the holidays. So I said, can you, you know, DVR this special? I want to check it out when I'm up there because I'm, you know, I'm not going to be able to see it here. So she says, yeah. And she goes, well, I want to see this guy. You know, who is this? And, you know, he, she didn't know about you. And I said, oh, it's Pete. You know, it's good. And then at, first of all, you worried me for a second because so I had her tape it. And then she goes, well, we'll all watch it together, you know, when, when you're up here. And I said, OK. And then I think it was the cast that week before Thanksgiving. You were like, you know, Sebastian's like, oh, so the special's out, you know, good, good job. Congrats. And, and you were kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's done. Yeah, we did it. And I was like, oh, shit, is it is it no good? You know, is it oh, does he have a yeah. problem with it? And I was I was getting a little worried. I'm like, I know my whole family's going to be watching this. They don't know who you are. I'm the one going, oh, this is my favorite guy ever. You're going to love it. And, you know, I'm sure I knew it was going to be fine. But you worried me there for a second. Well, I, you know, I, I just I had been on a massive campaign where I was promoting it and stuff. And then it was kind of like. I don't know. I guess I just wanted to move on and have some fun with the cast. But it's also I'm just not very good at selling myself. It's very hard to say, watch me be great. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, and, and then again, if you heard that, like you said, the Bill Burr cast, it was kind of like I'd said to him, man, if I had to wait one more month, I don't think I would have remembered what was funny about those jokes. <laughs> and he was like, dude, I hear you. Yeah. That's the perfect time when you feel like it's the last time they're funny to you. Right. So so I was just I, I definitely loved it. And it was a grind. The first one was 15 years in the making. This one was only like five years, which is still a long time. But yeah. I wanted it to be on Showtime. So I was really pushing for Showtime. So it was a real grind. So I was uh, I'm just excited to like get started with the next one sort of a thing. But I definitely am proud of it. it must be tough writing jokes, man. I mean, you know, I obviously I don't know. I don't do any stand up. I don't know any stand up. But I'm you know, a big comedy fan. And, you know, so every once in a while I'll be at work and I'll be like, you know what? Let me write that down. That could be a bit, actually, you know, and, and maybe it's one little bit. 
and that's nothing. But then I'll wake up the next morning and be like, God, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> that was yeah, really stupid. Well, you know, you know yeah. what it is? When, when you get to be, if you're good, you know, one of the guys that's good enough to do it for a long time and then you get good at it. I could write 10 jokes in 10 minutes. I can, but I can't write 10 jokes in 10 minutes that you're going to remember 10 years from now and still think it's a great joke. Those are the ones, you know, the, the, the so like when I started to try and put my second hour special together, sometimes I'd, I'd have what I think is a great bit and I'd say it, it would get a good laugh. And then I'd do an old bit from my first special and mm-hmm. that would get a huge laugh and it would make me go, God damn it. Yeah. I knew it. I knew to knew what, you know, you're right. So, and it's hard to get that stuff up to that point. And like now I'm trying to get ready. Like I want to do a third one a lot quicker than the second one. And I, I got this one joke. I'm just going to tell it to you. But in a nutshell, I don't normally do this, but I love it. Yeah, cool. And it's off of the cast, too. It's a true story. I'm at an airport at 5 in the morning. And there's a guy next to me in a wheelchair. We're both waiting for the coffee place to open. Guy's about the same age as me. He gets a phone call. I go over and get a coffee when it opens. So I figure, let me buy the guy a coffee. I come back. I give him the coffee. He thanks me. We chat for a few minutes. Then we shake hands. Now, no sooner do we finish shaking hands, the guy gets out of the wheelchair. <laughs> All right? Now, yeah. as you can imagine, I say to the crowd, as you can imagine, my first thought was, I think I just healed this guy. <laughs> I, I don't even know what protocol is. Do we call the Pope? What do we do? Do I cover my head? So I go to end the guy sees the look in my eyes and he says, oh, no, I work for the airport. I just got in early. I push people in the in the in the wheelchair. Oh, and then I pause. and I go. So then, as you can imagine, my second thought was this guy owes me two fifty for the coffee. <laughs> yeah. And I just feel like that's a finished, nice, polished, lovely joke. I yeah, love yeah, that. Perfect. And you want all of them to be like the to me, like the quintessential greatest joke I ever heard by a stand up. And I'm paraphrasing with Louis C.K. as a joke where he says going on a vacation with your family for a man is not a vacation so much involved it's so taxing he goes let me put it this way you know when you're going on a vacation and you put your kid in the back seat and you close the door and then you help your wife get in and you close the passenger side door for her he goes and then you walk around the front of the car to go get in the driver's seat and he goes as i walk around the front of the car that's my vacation <laughs> Just so fucking true, you know. Oh my! And to God. capture that, yeah. You know? So I can't write ten of those in ten yeah, minutes. Yeah, but listen, those the, the one you just told me with the wheelchair guy, you're you're right. That is so perfect. And if I was, if I had that moment come to me at the airport, I could see me, you know, making mention to my wife about it and breaking balls a little bit. But then to craft it into something that you could convey to other people on stage and make them crack up, man, that the skill of that just blows me away, man. Well, but, you know, it, it, I appreciate that, but it's all I do, you know what well, I mean? And I was going to say, I mean, isn't it the greatest thing ever that this is your job? Well, if my wife could stick her head in right now, she'd go, yeah, it's great until uh, four months out when there's nothing on the books. <laughs> right. No, man. we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Everyone keeps saying we should have him on episode 200. And I was talking to Lou about this yesterday. And I was like, look, when we have them on, I go, what, what would we do with our wives? A newlywed game? That shit's been done. I go, yeah. it's like jumping the shark. I love when they just chime in here and sure. there. It's, it's all we need. And I said to Lou, I'll tell you on the inside, I go, this is what I'm thinking about doing. I go, after episode 199, the next episode is going to say 201. And when we start it, we're going to say, welcome to 201. And we're not going to make any mention of 200. And when yeah. people are like, what happened to 200? I'm just going to say, 
I fucking skipped it. We just skipped right over it. I couldn't deal with it. We'll do it at a later time. <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe that's a cop out. But we'll Lou, Lou, Lou's like, why would we make a big deal out of it? That's not what we do. And I'm like, exactly. Funny, because when I did Marin's podcast, and it, dude, I got ripped on. I don't know if you heard the last cast. Everyone's ripping on me for listening to music with Marin calling why, it Why, man? That was the, I heard you talking about that. I was like, oh, man, that would be so fucking great. Especially no. an Aerosmith album. They say it's beyond bouncy. That's what they oh, call it. Oh, come on. That's beyond bouncy? And I know. Sebastian's downloading Bieber albums? Yeah. I know. I, wait, I got to read an email from Jimmy. I, he rips me apart, and he's got no problem with uh, Sebastian trying to catch sweat off of the band the weekend as they're dancing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's the same thing. When I went to Marin's, it's like, you know, to him, it's just his podcast. It's just what he does. But for me, it was like... It's like fucking being on Johnny Carson, man. You know what I yeah. mean? It's just really cool to be there. Did you see the president's mug sitting there? Doesn't he? Yes, have... I did. Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. By the way, uh, I, I haven't said anything on the cast, but uh, is, isn't Brian Regan from Atlanta? Why do I think he's from Atlanta? Uh... Well, maybe he's not. I thought he was. Anyway, he's sort of special. And yeah. uh, his manager reached out to my manager and asked me if I want to open for him on a bunch of tour dates Ooh. next year. Yeah, that's good, right? Oh yeah, I'm psyched, man. Yeah, because he yeah he's playing some pretty big venues. I'm going to see Sebastian at the Tabernacle down here in a few weeks, actually. Nice. Have you guys ever talked about that, or I guess it's not up to you? What working together? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, he doesn't need to work with anybody. You know what I mean? Like he sells out left and right. Yeah, but so I mean, as far as opening for him, he doesn't pay as open as what I get paid. So I would, and I, you know, Regan, it's different. It's like. It's not like opening for somebody like uh, Russell Peters or something where it's an arena and you're just doing 10 minutes where you're yelling out, are you ready for Russell? Oh, you know, when you open for yeah. Regan, you're going to be doing 25 minutes in a theater up front. Do your stand up. People are going to get to know you that, you know, reach a new fan base. So it'll be it'll be good with Sebastian. You know, I would do it down the line, but I'm not he doesn't need to do it with me right now. No. What did you think about him talking about? getting some more production into his act. Well, for him, it makes sense, man. Does I mean, it? I mean, him coming up on a hydro. <laughs> well, he's, that was a joke, but I mean, I that's, mean but, but, but in general, that's like, I don't think he's joking, man. I think look, he wants to do got, stuff like that. He's got way more. He's, he's a performer, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, He's a performer and a comedian, but his stand-up is very big. So, so much the, big, the bigger he wants to make it, you know, it'll all play into it, man. It's not like, you know, if Seinfeld said, oh, I want to come out of a hydroglyph, you go, what? But, you know, with Sebastian, he yeah. pops out, he'd make a face, and everyone would be fucking dying, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it makes sense. Even, like, the runway would make sense with a guy like him. The, coming down the... Yeah, I guess you get, you get into an area where you're just more of a... Uh, yeah, he's he, like Kevin Hart, man. Yeah. He's big. Big. He's, you know, like moving around, taking over the whole stage. Right. Yeah, I guess you get into that where it's like the thing to go see and act like that, you know? Yeah, it's where funny. It's, it's right up there with spray tanning. It works for you. I wouldn't do it, but it sounds fantastic for you. I was going to ask you what. All right. I'm assuming for a lot of people that got into comedy, you're how old are you now? 45. Yeah, 40, and I'm 42. So around the same time. Yeah, but just take a year off. I wrote a bit like that the other day. I haven't done yeah. it on stage yet. You know, someone asked me the other day, and I said 44, and I walked away, and I go, what the fuck am I getting at taking one year off? Yeah. Like, like you know, like, you know, I mean, if I'm going to lie to the guy, why wouldn't I say 35? You know? <laughs> You're starting to lie to yourself, 44. I guess. Just take a year off. There yeah, you go. Right. But well, anyway, so, go ahead. I'm well, 40, sometimes I'm, you get this age, and you actually forget. I had to ask yeah. my, I'm like, what am I turning 42 now? I know, but when you do figure it out, it's never the the year younger. It's always the year older. Yeah, true. 
I was going to ask you about like watching the the Dangerfield specials back in the day in the eighties, because I feel like almost everybody that's into comedy that's around my age, that was like the big deal. You know, watching the HBO comedy specials, you know, where you know Don Marrero was on and Schimmel and and Kinnison and and those early ones was was that big with you and the guys that you, you hang out with as much as it was to like guys like us that were just kind of into it. Yeah, well, specifically at that time for me, the one was Dice. Yeah, sure. Because when Dice came on, I mean, I I can specifically remember being in the cafeteria the next day and doing his jokes like with other guys who saw it. And then the special that followed after it, we couldn't wait for. Right. So, but then as far as the other ones go, it was more so, you know, maybe when I got a little older and I went back. But um, the big one for me growing up, uh, and so many comics don't talk about, but it was all the Eddie Murphy albums, man. I was, I had you all, know what? That yeah. is on my notes right in front of me. Was that yeah. that first Eddie Mur- with the Goonie Goo Goo and the whole thing, right? Yeah, man. I mean, that was it for me. I played that over and over and over. Oh, wait, you know what? That leads. I'm sorry, Pete. <laughs> that leads me to a big thing I wanted to mention, though. Um, on the Brewer show, you guys once had talked about doing a whole special or a whole thing about doing comedy covers. Yeah. Um, and I've never heard you or anybody else talk about that since. Is there a reason that you can't talk about it? Like, was there something in development that kind of went south about that whole thing? Uh, it's fun. We've, we've always talked about it and still do. We did a bunch of them just, you know, on okay. the radio. I don't know if you heard those ones. But, like, just for the serious satellite. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. But, like, as far as making a TV show out of it, I mean, we went <clears throat> out to L.A. to pitch it. And we got out there. It was so embarrassing, man. Me and Brewer out there, and we had way too many agents with us and with this army of people. And that's, yeah. that's it, you know, again, when you get someone like Jim attached, there's more people coming sure. to the meeting. And then uh, everyone loved everything. And then someone from the network simply said, how are we going to get the rights to do other people's bits? Uh, and nobody had an answer. And, <laughs> and that meeting just completely ended right there. It was so, so that was re- it. That was it. And, you know, it, it, like since then, funny enough, because we were in Me- Mexico doing this Just for Laughs thing, and the guy who's in charge of Just for Laughs, a big comedy thing they do in Canada, yeah. you know, he was at this event, and me and him and Brewer were having a few drinks afterwards, and Brewer was, was telling him about comedy covers, and the guy's like, let's do it at the next Montreal festival, let's do it. So we may do it out there, and, you know, and then I'll make Sebastian do one, and and all, all right, those cool. guys. So it is, it is still happening. I feel like I... Maybe, maybe. But yeah. A lot of guys have been doing it since, though, so it's not really? like this brilliant yeah, idea. Well, then I, that's on me, then. I feel like... I remember when I was listening to you guys talk about it on the show, I was like, man, it's a pretty good idea, you know, to see what, what people can do, you know, and I'm kind of... Yeah, it was with... fun, it, and, and we did it, and the way we set it up was you'd come on and you'd say a little bit about a comedian you always loved. You know, most guys would tell a funny story, make it funny, sure. and then they would go in and do a bit about that comic, and, you know, it's funny because you'd see these guys their eyes light up halfway through the bit because they have this moment of epiphany where they're like oh wait right of course this is going to go well this is one of the greatest comedians of all time i'm doing his bit you know? <laughs> right and doing it to a t i guess that made me think of it because you know you and i probably both knew that eddie murphy album and some of those old dice routines to a t you know so yeah. well oh yeah and oh, yeah. you know when you run into somebody else that can recite you know even if you put a little line out there and the guy knows exactly what you're talking about it's like all right here's a guy i can hang with you know yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, coming from the blues scene, that's kind of what we do for music. You know, it's these guys take these old T-Bone Walker songs, B.B. King songs, and usually what you're seeing is those guys just playing them, and everybody gets really impressed about either how well you can play them like the original or 
what you can do with it. So I don't know, it kind of, it seems similar to me, you know, you guys do it. It is, that. it is, you know, and it's, I'm surprised there's not more of it going on. I, I mean, I think series could have a whole channel of it. Yeah. 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 All yeah. right, man. I'll let you go. There's a, there's no, a lot it's of, been great. I, I mean, it, I appreciate you taking the time. Me taking the time. I appreciate you taking the time. This is uh this is big for me, man. I'm like, uh, you know, I got more access to you than J.J. Uh, Watt does right now, and he's a big fan. <laughs> no, that's a funny thing, man. What That guy is so nice, it's ridiculous. Man, when I saw that picture on Facebook, I was like, oh, it happened. You know, that was cool. To, yeah. To, to I mean, he'll, he'll leave texts, like, saying, I hope Sadie's well and stuff. Yeah. And I, and I say to Jackie, I'm like, listen, this guy's obviously can hang out with Justin Bieber if he wants to hang out with sure. Justin Bieber. So, so I go either I'm like 250th on his list and he just still knows my daughter's name or, you know, he's just got some weird, like out of everything out there that he could be listening to. He listens to us. It's very odd. Right. I mean, well, that's the thing about being a fan of your show. It's like, I'm assuming JJ Watt, who is the, you know, the most opposite person of me you could ever get is as big a fan as, of your podcast as I am and we have something in common and I know everything that Sadie's doing and, and what Jack is doing, you know, which is weird. See, we've come yeah. full circle. I started talking about this at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, having a two year old around Christmas is the best, isn't it? It is, man. It's a lot of fun. She's psyched. I know, man. With the tree yeah. and then going to see Santa and the, the exactly. whole magic. Exactly, yeah. dude. Enjoy all of it. With Ira, I thought maybe we were gonna I was gonna be saying happy Hanukkah here. No, I well, hey, we do that too. We do everything. Oh <laughs> 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 nice, man. Nice. But well, uh, this has been fun, brother. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Hey, can I do a couple just uh like plugs while well, we don't sure. need- plugs for your stuff really i mean pete and sebastian show everybody knows and then uh atlanta punchline here new year's eve three shows six eight ten go get your tickets at punchline.com isn't it weird that punchline.com is the only website just for the atlanta punchline i mean there's that's what i'm saying man that's it's the biggest one of them all man it's the atlanta punchline me if people live there just go all right it's all local comedy club no man it's a name and all the comics know well that's cool and then uh anybody listening to this that's you know, obviously just fans of yours and doesn't know anything about mine, which I'm assuming is probably 99% of you listening. Uh, my podcast is called Two Faces Radio. There's uh, back archives that are great. There's a lot of great guests on there. You'll probably dig it. And it's it's kind of talk just like this. You're with, plugging uh, your own podcast. Yeah, come on. On your podcast. <laughs> I know, but. That makes no sense. No, but people are listening to this because they're fans of you and they don't know me. Yeah, but it, well, maybe they're listening to this particular episode because they may be a fan of Pete Corelli. That's the what I'm talking about. They know they're on Two Faces. They went to Two Faces podcast. Yeah, but catch, maybe they came catch. here just to listen to this. I want them to go back and listen. We have some great. I mean, we got interviews with the drummer of the Black Crows. We got. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's huge. Well, you know, it's 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 pretty big. You know. No, that is huge. I'm such a huge Crows fan. One time, me and DJ Lou were on the elevator at Sirius, yeah. And and uh, Chris Robinson was uh, in Sirius, yeah. And he was come. Um, we were all going towards the elevator at the same time, and uh, we, he was in front of us, and me and Lou were both like little kids, like let's get on, let's get on, yeah, yeah. And we get on with him, and and like we've been around a lot of famous people. I mean, everybody from freaking Matt Dillon to uh, you know rock stars, uh, Roger yeah. Daltrey, even you know joking with him. Oh man! But we got in the elevator with Chris Robinson, and you just felt the presence of a rock star. Oh, and yeah. me and Lou didn't say a goddamn peep. And as soon as the elevator got to the bottom, and he went to get off, I look up at Chris Robinson, and I'm like, "You're the best." And Lou 
goes, and Lou finishes and goes, the best man. <laughs> and then we both go out and smoke a cigarette. Like two little girls were like, oh, that was terrible. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Yeah, like, he was know, just too rock and roll. He's the man. I know. Well, it was probably for the best. Apparently, he's a notorious kind of pain in the ass. But uh, yeah, I love love his music and uh, me too man me too i will see you on good friday <laughs> I know all right you... ira good hanging bro yeah man i'll see you uh in a couple of weeks down here at the punchline thanks all for... right let me know what show you're coming to ahead of time all right i'll email you but thanks big time for doing it man and uh yeah have a good week merry christmas all right my pleasure to be on two faces podcast baby thanks man talk to you later, later. This is a Two Faces Radio podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Like our Facebook page. Two Faces Radio.